God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. reading from the book of Isaiah. There will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. The word of the Lord. Amen. 
is my light and my salvation. Whom then shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom then shall I be afraid? To behold the fair beauty of the Lord, and to seek him in his temple. Even now he lifts up my head above my enemies round about me. When I call, have mercy on me and answer me. Hide not your face from me, nor turn away your servant in displeasure. letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except for Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us, who are being saved, it is the power of God. The word of the Lord.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Judah in the south. 
also the site of the holy city of Jerusalem. Both kingdoms were competing vassal states whose survival was dependent on the powerful Assyrian empire way to the east. However, the Syrians were also struggling to maintain its borderlands due to insurrections and a deadly plague. Not so much the good old days. After Assyria attacked and gobbled up parts of the northern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah was afraid they were next. For years, the people of Judah had despaired and suffered greatly as they bore the heavy yoke of oppressive military occupation from the north. So once the northern kingdom was subdued by Assyria, Judah courageously and boldly asserts its independence, even though they were in great fear of being swallowed up themselves by this growing empire. As you can imagine, this is the most terrifying time, but also a time of fragile hope. Isaiah's oracle is about the people of Judah and their total, absolute dependence on God for their deliverance. These are men, women, and children that Isaiah lives with, and he has suffered alongside them. This gives him the right, the audacity, to dare, to hope, to ask for the liberation in the darkest of days, in the midst of chaos and desolation. And he speaks directly to God. How will there be no gloom for those who are in anguish? The people who have walked in the darkness have seen a great light. Those who have lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Isaiah has placed all his faith in the one true living God, a God that has not forgotten them, even when it seemed he had. These people will remain faithful and to continue to look with hope for this messianic light that will remove the yoke of their burden, a bar across their shoulders, and the rod of their oppressor. They will survive because of this hope. Scholars believe Isaiah was speaking of the coming of the new king, Hezekiah, who will ascend David's throne and rule over the kingdom of Judah. Even so, Isaiah's prophecy, his oracle of the divine light breaking into the darkness, speaks to the longing, the yearning for deliverance that transcends all generations of human history that had suffered oppression and degradation. This holds true as Isaiah's ancient prophecy is fulfilled when Jesus launches his new ministry in Galilee. Jesus has just received the startling news that John the Baptist has been arrested. So he immediately leaves his quiet hometown of Nazareth and goes to Capernaum, a busy seaside port in the Sea of Galilee, which is the very same region that Isaiah talks about when he says the land of Zebulon and Naphtali. This is the Galilee. 
We can see in our mind's eye Jesus strolling along the seashore as he spots some fisher folk off into the distance. He walked towards them, and then he calls them out to Andrew and his brother Simon. And he says, come, follow me. And they do without a moment's hesitation. Then further along, he sees two more brothers. He calls out to them, James and John, and he says, follow me. And they do without a moment's hesitation. To give up your family business, your livelihood that supports you and your family, part of your tribe, and literally drop what you are doing to follow a stranger, that seems insane, a bit far-fetched, even reckless. But these men, hard-working, salt of the earth, they do just that. Their incredible, radical response to Jesus' invitation to come and follow him speaks volumes about Jesus' gravitas, his sense of authority, and his bigger-than-life presence. And the response of these simple, unsophisticated fishermen also reveals their strong inner life, where they possibly have yearned for years for a connection with the one true living God. When Jesus calls out to them, and they hear their, his voice, something happens inside of them. Somehow they have intuited each in their own way that God is calling them to himself. If so, how could they possibly refuse? So they drop their nets and follow Jesus. These brand new, wet behind the ears disciples who will become the inner circle of Jesus' disciples experience a foretaste of what we call the kingdom of heaven in their encounter with Jesus. And in their lives, now they will be turned completely upside down. Nothing what they expected. Because they know what it's like to live under the yoke of domination and injustice by the Roman Empire. They know what it means to bear the burden of oppressive taxes no matter how hard they work and skimp and save. By some divine mystery, we cannot yet grasp on this side of the grave, they have seen the fulfillment of Isaiah's vision in this man we call Jesus. He is the one they have been waiting for. Jesus is the Masonic light that shines and scatters the darkness throughout the world. He is the one that ushers in the kingdom of heaven here on earth, where you and I are invited to follow him and experience the world as God intended us. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sit in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. Tomorrow is the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. 
is the largest concentration camp for more than a million people. Men, women, and children, mostly Jews, were killed. The horrific discovery of the plight of these ravaged souls at the end of World War II revealed an unspeakable evil of this world. Humanity at its worst. And such, it is still overwhelming to try to take it in and comprehend the magnitude of human suffering. When we hear aging Holocaust survivors share their stories of what it was like to endure such dehumanizing degradation and despair, it is a sobering reminder of how easily we can lose our way and be overcome by the darkness. When I was 16 years old, we lived in Germany. And I took a trip to Dachau, one of the other concentration camps. And going through the camp, this was many, many years ago. This was just 20 years after the end of World War II. They had giant <coughs> photographs of the camp, the size of a wall, blown up. And one was a photograph of camp guards, women guards, dressed in their uniforms. And you could see where a visitor had gone up to this wall of faces and taken a pen and circled one of the guards' faces and then marked it out with a cross. It's obvious a visitor, most likely a survivor of Dachau, had recognized this one individual. And this was their response. It made such an impression on me at 16 to try to understand this depth of deprivation and evil. The biggest takeaway is we cannot forget. You and I cannot afford to forget lest we lose our way again in the darkness. We each carry the light of Christ within us. By virtue of our baptism, we are filled with the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. God has made a mark on us, claimed us as his own, and there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can undo this. We carry this divine life within us, that same divine life that Isaiah hoped and prayed for, for his people, that same divine light that was made known to the world when Mary gave birth to her infant son, Jesus. This is the same divine light that gives us the courage to see things as they are and the resolve and hope to make them better. Like Andrew, Simon, James, and John, John, Jesus called you and me today to follow him, to become fisher of people, where we can work together to build up the kingdom of heaven, to know justice, to know peace, where the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. Amen.
gather this day in thanks for the church and how God is calling us here at St. John's to proclaim the gospel, praying for guidance and wisdom as we follow Jesus in this place. Loving God, as we reflect on the past year and plan for the future, help us to use our gifts wisely to further God's kingdom in our community and the world. Hearken to our voice, O Lord, when we call. Have mercy on us and We lift up those in positions of power. May they lead with wisdom and mercy and listen with compassion to the voices of those who are powerless. Hearken to our voice, O Lord, when we call. In the name of Christ, we remember those who sit in darkness, awaiting God's light, especially those who are sick or addicted, those who are in prison, those who live with violence and chaos, those affected by natural disasters, and those on our parish prayer list. Hearken to our voice, O Lord, when we call. We remember those who have died and pray for those who grieve. We give thanks especially for the members of this parish in years past whose work, vision, and generosity sustain and inspire our ministry today. Hearken to our voice, O Lord, when we call. Loving God, as we go forth into another year of doing your work in this parish, may we always be eager to follow you and pro proclaim the good news of your kingdom. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you, thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart, and we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. For the Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of the Lord be always with you.
Good morning. Please be seated. Welcome to St. John's. If you're new, haven't been here in a while, please feel free to fill out a little card hanging on the pew in front of you and put it in the offering plate, and I'd be delighted to get in touch. This is our annual meeting day. We've already been through quite a bit of business, and it truly is a time to celebrate. So much good is going on in this place, and we have much to be thankful for, and especially for each and every one of you who are part of this community. Also, we have Evensong at 5 o'clock uh, this evening. It's one of the jewels of our Anglican tradition. So please uh, ask a friend to come and enjoy this incredible experience. Trinity, Trinity Choir will be with us as our guest choir. Also, Lent is coming up, and we have a, a clipboard where you can sign up to do an annual Lenten devotional. You can take a little small piece of scripture and respond to a reflection, a picture, whatever, for all ages. And if you could have it back by February 19th, uh, that would be a wonderful thing, and that gives us time to put it together for Lent. We're going to try something new beginning in February. During Faith Forum, we are going to do Episcopal 101. And this is for people who want to know more about the Episcopal Church, the Anglican tradition, the history, the theology, the philosophy, and anything else you want to know about. Uh, so and if you are interested in being confirmed or received in the Episcopal Church, this counts towards that. So I encourage you to come and see uh, and learn. If nothing else, just a refresher course. You already may know all this stuff, uh, but we're always learning new things. Uh, we are, as soon as we are through with our service today, everyone is invited to join us in Hubbard Hall to a potluck. Uh, don't worry if you didn't bring anything, just come. There's always enough. And we will finish our meeting and, uh, and simply enjoy being with one another. We have our healing minister at the font during communion, so if you would like a prayer or blessing for yourself or for someone else, please feel free to come forward and ask for that. All are welcome to the table. It's not the church's table, it's not the priest's table, it's God's table, where all are welcome, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, what joys or challenges that you're dealing with. So come. Walk in love as Christ loved us, and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. and love, which you have made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your word spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus, your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. And the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ in his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country 
where with St. John and all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. Life is short, and we do not have too much time to gladden the hearts of those who travel with us. So be swift to love and make haste to be kind. In the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be amongst you and remain with you always.
love and serve the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia.